0: Well, thank you Leanne for that introduction and hello, good morning, Uh, it is great to be with you all, albeit virtually this morning on which is, as Gavin said, Father's Day and a special blessing to those fathers in our church family. You know, it's so great hearing from Leanne all the wonderful things that God is doing in us and through us as a church family, and just love seeing that interview with AJ and Jenner. Looking forward to this Wednesday, AJ and Jenner live with uh, Tim Grace. Be good to check that out. I just love to see what's happening during the week. Alpha as well, tomorrow night, uh, as they continue on that course. Uh, and if, you know, if you're exploring faith, you might have been a Christian for a long time, or or yet to make that first step, I'd encourage you. It's never too late. Why don't you sign up? You can find out more information on our website on the What's On page. Well, what have we got this morning? Well, as Leanne said, we continue in our series looking through the book of Acts entitled Ready, Steady, Acts. And this morning is talk number three. And as way of a mini recap, the first week I gave a bit of a broad brush stroke, a bit of a picture of what we can expect. And I looked at the four themes that bubble up within the book of Acts that we will explore as we go through. And uh, last week we started our journey in Acts chapter 2 and looked at the heart of worship. And what did we find? Well, we found that the heart of worship is, you guessed it, our hearts. And uh, you see, when we praise and worship God, it comes from that place of a heart devoted to Him. And thank you, Chichido, for that just wonderful worship earlier this morning. And so this morning we continue, but we stay in Acts chapter 2. And uh, we look at Acts chapter 2. Why don't you turn with me to verse 42? And it will be on the screen as well. And uh, why don't we read this together? It says this, they, being the early Christian believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So what are we speaking on this morning? Yes, you guessed it. We are speaking on the subject of fellowship. Now, you know, we do so in the context of this moment where the recent brutal killing of George Floyd has brought to light the wider issue of racial injustice, not just in the U.S., but across the world and and in our own country. And there has been a conversation that has been needed. It's as if the Holy Spirit is bringing it to light and, and God is saying we need to get this dealt with. And we have our part to play. We have our part to play. And if there was ever a time that the world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus, now is the time. We have our part to play both in as we examine our own hearts, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Lord, is there any sin in me? We have our part to play in being the voice for the voiceless. And we have our part to play in extending the peace. Of God how by proclaiming the gospel of peace you see Jesus brings love where there is hatred and Jesus brings freedom where there is oppression and we are to declare the good news of Jesus and you see at the heart of that good news is the fact that Jesus died on the cross for each one of us and in so doing paid the penalty that was due us Restoring relationship, fellowship with God the Father, but also with one another. That is the good news of the gospel. So let's dive into fellowship. Let's look at what it is. While well, it's helpful to look at the Greek word for fellowship because, of course, as you may know, Acts is written by Dr. Luke in Greek. And the Greek word is koinonia. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, koinonia. And it means essentially communion or sharing together. There's a depth of sharing about that word. And you see, I don't know what you think about when you hear the word fellowship, but growing up in a Christian home, uh, my, my uh, if you like, thoughts on fellowship is that it's a slightly outdated 70s, 80s word, you know, that the Christians used to walk, use uh, a long time ago that we've managed to swap out for things like connection and meeting together. Well, that's not the case. You see, fellowship is much deeper than connecting with one another and gathering. It's more than a club of shared interests. It's more than a fraternity of shared ideologies. You see, what fellowship is at its core is communion with God in order that we have communion with one another. Now, John Piper, some of you might have heard of his name, he is an author and a US pastor, and... He puts it so wonderfully that I want to read it to you. He says this, fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ. Listen to this, that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Do you mind if I read that again? Let me read that. Fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. You see, what it is, is it's a vertical relationship with God the Father made possible by Jesus, which therefore enables, by the power of the Holy Spirit, a horizontal relationship with fellow believers. That is what fellowship it is. You know, over 30 years ago, our wonderful founding pastors, Chris and Fliss Lane, were led of the Lord to set up a new church where they could have fellowship with one another and make Christ known as they fulfilled the Great Commission that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And you might not know this but actually if you look at the legal name in the in the charity's name and the legal name of this church it is the Vineyard Christian Fellowship of St. Albans. Did you know that? The Vineyard Christian Fellowship St. Albans. I rather like that. I think there's something in that to be recaptured that we are a Christian fellowship of fellow believers. And so this morning, as we look at Acts and how they did church, how they were a fellowship, I believe the Lord wants to highlight three important reasons for such a time as this. And indeed, there are many more, as I said last week with worship, but as I prayed about it, these are the three that I believe that the Lord wants to uh, bring to light this morning for us. So the first one, why is fellowship important? Well, it is to share each other's burdens and encourage one another. Let me just say, life isn't easy, is it? I mean, life is tough. You know, I think one of the, one of the damages that the, gospel, that the prosperity, so-called prosperity gospel, you know, the name it and claim it preachers have done to Christian believers throughout the world is seed the lie That you can have a perfect life and it's only dependent on your faith. More faith you have, more things you can claim and you can have a better life. Well, the amount of stories, the amount of Christians I've spoken to, that that false teaching has put them in bondage and I want to say if that's you, if you have lived under the lie that the reason you have trials and tribulations is because of your lack of faith and that's what it breeds, then I just want to break that off you in Jesus name. You see, what marks a Christian is not that we have a perfect life. It is how we walk through the storms of life. It is not that we won't have storms. It is how we stand firm in them. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We all go through difficulties, don't we? Whether they relate to the loss of a loved one, or maybe you're grieving this morning for someone that, you, that has passed away. I pray that you would know the Lord's peace in this time and comfort. Maybe financial issues. It could be, as we've talked about, racial injustice that you have experienced. And that in this time, it's bringing to the surface, as I've spoken to some of you, those hurts and those wounds and you're giving those to God see life is not easy and why is this the case well because we live in a fallen world what we see around us is the effects of sin and you see we find ourselves and you might have heard of this phrase in the here and not yet of the kingdom what does that mean well you know when jesus died on the cross he paid the penalty of sin that was due us His kingdom was established, but we know it will not come to completion until Jesus comes again and when he will wipe every tear away and establish a new heaven and a new earth. And so we find ourselves in the here and not yet. And we see God's kingdom breaking in, just like the the difference between D-Day and V-Day. D-Day was the the moment in time where victory was assured, but it wasn't until V-Day that it was consummated. And that is the time that we find ourselves in. And that is why we have these trials and tribulations. And so as we walk through this, how do we walk through this? Well, we do it together in fellowship with one another and with him. You see, what fellowship gives us and brings us is the opportunity to share our burdens and encourage one another in Christ. To laugh with those who laugh, to weep with those who weep. Even if we don't go through those things, we share that grief with them. You know, some of the most profound moments in my life have not been when people have solved my problems. It's been when they have walked alongside me as I go through them. And the reality is sometimes we just can't solve everyone's problems, but we can share one another's burdens and maybe that's practically picking up the phone and speaking to someone who's in need it might be helping those around us our care center is an expression of that but equally it might just be being there and showing up you know i remember a a time many 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 years ago before i was married I had great fellowship with other Christian guys and we were doing life together. And one of the guys had a, a real serious relationship issue. And uh, I remember that we all went round to his place and we just sat with him. We didn't say anything, didn't know what to say. But it was as if in that moment we took some of that grief from him and we bore it with him. We grieved with him. And that was a very powerful moment. You see, that is the mark of fellowship, that we sacrifice ourselves for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, that we identify ourselves with one another. And that, of course, is what Jesus did with us. He came here. He came and identified with us in order that he could bear our sins on him. You know, it says in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. You see, we are to share each other's burdens and encourage and spur each other on and say, you know what, you've got this. Walk in all that ha- God has for you. And you know, it's true, isn't it, that um, it's been said that when you're in a storm, never look at the waves, but always look up at the stars if you want to navigate through. And that's what they used to do in the old days before they had GPS and all of that kind of stuff. I think that's good advice, that we encourage one another in fellowship say, look up, look up to Jesus. Okay, why else is it important, number two, to mature us as followers of Jesus? Did you know that we're on a journey? A journey of maturing in Christ Jesus. So we have, as Paul says to the Corinthian church, of one degree of glory to the next. In other words, let me just tell you, you are God's project. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. And I found that one of the greatest things in my life as I have matured as a believer is allowing others to speak into my life and do life with others. In other words, to be accountable to others. And that is what fellowship is about. But I don't know about you as humans, we seem to want to run away from accountability. Uh, Who remembers that movie about a boy with Hugh Grant and his famous line he says I am an island I am Ibiza and isn't that uh, the natural reflex of some of us Uh, I know I've experienced that sometimes we just want to hunker down and and be an island but uh, I know this is rather obvious but if you stay as an island you won't go anywhere and God is calling us to walk with him it is not an accident that we call it the Christian walk because we are called to walk with him and one another You know there's a great Proverbs, Proverbs 27 verse 12 that says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Well what does that mean? Well you know I did a bit of research and it turns out that natural iron, composite, is made up of very different things. One iron composite will look very different to another. And that is how it is able to sharpen itself against each other. You see where I'm going with this. You see you and I have been created differently, uniquely. Unity, not uniformity. God has created us uniquely to be united under him and with each other. And, you know, I, you can spot blind spots and things in me that I can't see and vice versa. But, you know, it takes a place of vulnerability and humility to say, I need to listen to others. And you see, with fellowship, we do so in a place of trust and a place of love. And that's why we have connect groups or fellowship groups. Yeah, that is that place where you can have a safe place to do life together. And, uh, you know, Steph and I and the kids are so blessed to be part of a family connect group where we do life with one another. And we have those moments of accountability I do with the other guys. And, and while on one level, asking if you've read a Bible verse is, is great and important. You know, did you, have you done your Bible reading this week? Have you, have you had time to pray? It's also about asking the question, what do you see in me? that God can mature in me. And that's a depth of accountability that I believe that God is calling each one of us to. And where does that come? That comes in fellowship with one another. You know, God has given us the garden of fellowship to produce the most wondrous, God-glorifying fruit. Fellowship, if you like, is God's great classroom as he conforms us to the likeness of his son. And I want to say this morning, if you are not part of a connect group, you need to be. We've always said that you know you can't be just doing church on a Sunday and you know you can't be just doing church online (laughs) but you need to be meeting with other believers during the week doing life together. And I know we can't meet physically at the moment that time will come but there are many new virtual uh, connect groups that have started and indeed our existing connect groups are meeting virtually on Zoom and if you want to get connected, if you want fellowship then go to our website And you can find out more. We want to help you connect. We want to help you to have fellowship with one another. So we've looked at number one, why is fellowship important? It is important to share each other's burdens and to encourage one another on. Number two, to mature us as followers of Jesus. And lastly, why is fellowship important? To show the world the love of Jesus you know we are called to show the world a better way in fact the only way we cry out for peace in our world don't we we seek justice for the oppressed we pray for reconciliation not hatred our hearts ache don't they when we see god's creation at war with another nation against nation human against human and what answer is there well when man attempts to make a way jesus makes the way You know, we live in a world where the enemy breeds tribalism and separation and division. That's his plan. And how does he do it? He uses fear and hatred to divide us. That's what racism is. It's evil. It seeks to devise us, divide us. It seeks to violate the actual image of God in each person. It's dehumanizing. And it seeks to breed division in God's creation, his human race. So we see this actually way back in Genesis. We see his plan. You see, when Satan tempted Adam and Eve, he did so with the promise that they would be like God. Now what happened when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate from the apple? Well, we know that sin came into the world, disobedience with God. And we know, don't we, that what happened there was separation with God. We were separated from the very presence of God. But you know what else happened? And we read it in Genesis 3.15 that the curse of sin, the curse of that disobedience was that there was enmity between man and woman. In other words, hostility came into mankind because of sin. You see, the enemy's ploy was to separate fellowship, to break (coughs) communion between man and God and with each other and we are seeing that all around us and so how how did God restore communion with him and with each other by sending his only son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty of sin that was ours in order that we can have fellowship once again communion with God and each other you know it says in John 17 as I land this plane um, in 20 to 21, as Jesus was praying for his believers, he said, This I pray also for those who believe in me, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, that prayer is about restoration restoration before the fall. You see, that's what Jesus has done. Restored communion with God and with one another. And so if we want to make Christ known, we are called to have fellowship and to love one another. The church is called to model what unity and peace looks like with each other, irrespective of race, irrespective of creed. let me end with this in the early Christians as we've been looking at in Acts there was a a Greek guy called Aristides and he wrote to the Roman Emperor Hadrian about what he saw about the early Christians and this is what he said they love one another they never fail to help widows they save orphans from those who will hurt them if they have something they Give freely to the man who has nothing. If they see a stranger, they take him home and are happy as though they were a real brother. They don't consider themselves brothers and sisters in the usual sense, but brothers instead through the Spirit of God. (laughs) Fellowship. Can the world say the same about us? That is the challenge for each one of us. You know, when we get back together in our church building, I want us to get back together as a fellowship of Christian believers, as we make Christ known. I'm excited what God is doing in this season. He is moving. His spirit is moving. He is hitting reset in us in so many areas. And indeed, the Lessons of Lockdown series that you can, if you miss any of that, you can catch up on, talked about some of those things. But in this time, in this time, I want us to ask the question, what does fellowship look like for me? And with that, I'd like to pray for us all. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for Jesus, who has made a way, that has restored fellowship with you, Father. And with one another and Lord in this time we pray for reconciliation Lord Jesus Lord would the enemy not come to fuel division but Holy Spirit I pray that you would come to fuel love and reconciliation and unity under you Jesus and I pray for each one of us at this time that you would challenge us to do life in fellowship with one another. And would we be brave enough to open ourselves up to walk with each other in the way you have called us to. And I pray this in the precious, precious name of our Lord and Saviour. And everyone said, Amen.